Where the fuck is Big Harv? Where'd you go? Did someone say Big Harv? Take it off. Cause it's me, Big Harv, here from the depths of hell, the river sticks, reporting live from the depths of Hades himself. Because this is the saucy season, and I had to go to the hottest place ever known to man because we have one of the spiciest guests of all time helping us close out the month for the saucy season. He is... Wait, so when you say hottest place on earth, do you mean David Hasselhoff's abs? <laughs> well, no, that's like, a, it's hot because it's a weapon. I don't know if you've seen the Spongebob movie, but, you know, there is war to it, you know. It does matter. Um, but we're, it no know, weapon. It was a mode of transportation. Oh, well, you know what? Technology is neither, neither intrinsically bad or good or evil. It just depends on who uses it. So, okay, <laughs> here we fucking go, mister. Just ruining every segue. But. <laughs> to call Hasselhoff a German U-boat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right I'm back here with two of my best friends Omar Field Ramen uh, clap <laughs> and Ryan Rydog DeMarco and yeah we're oh, here at the end audience of booze <laughs> <laughs> Boo, you suck. And we are here at the end of Saucy Season with a very spicy guest who has the right amount of fucking sauce to help us cap off the month. He's a very saucy man himself. So saucy that he has been confused for many times in his life. Your comment at Elio's Pizza, he has had to deal with this for years. This is <laughs> Elio's Pizza. But not only has this man been a tortured soul, he's also been... A pro wrestler at times. An amateur wrestler, if you will. Hot in the DIY scene. He's also... <laughs> okay. At first, I thought that image was like a knight's armor, and I thought it was like a medieval times thing. Oh, man, that could have been really bad. <laughs> he is also one of our oh. oldest friends and best friends from the fucking show. Friend of the show. So fucking talented. I love this man. And the first, this is from the first year I met him. He's beautiful. He is also... The fucking frontman of a little band called the fucking Knife Throat, everybody, with the most hot, hot, hot new EP of 2022, Odds and Fucking Ends, now available on Spotify. Uh, is it available on Apple? Do we know? Yeah, oh, all right, available. Well, I'm getting word for a mysterious guest that it is uh, also available on Apple Music. And most importantly, go to Bandcamp, because that's where most of the money can go directly to him. He is also, oh, perfect. Pretty much the example of the real Ned Schneebly in real life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> in every way possible. He is an amazing... He is the fucking save the scene. He is Popovez. He is the king of punk rock, DIY music. He is our best friend, friend of the show, Elio Gosh Dang Veza. Welcome to the Saucy Hour Podcast! You're going to make me cry. That was very emotional. That was a lot. <laughs> oh, man! That's right, my lovely little lipshits. We are back here for the end of saucy season with our special guest and our fucking one of the earliest friends we've had, Elio Veza. Fucking hot off the release of his new fucking EP. Elio. Uh, 
odds and ends. It's a fucking banger. Didn't you just also cross like what 120 fucking followers on Spotify? Oh yeah, not even anything that impressive. Just like 131 unique listeners is the bullshit we're going for. But the goal is related artists. That's all I care about. That's all I want on Spotify. Related artists. I don't know how you get it. I don't know how it happens, but I'm trying. There's got to be some kind of like number you have to obtain, right? I think so. I think it's got to be. I I thought it was 100. Apparently not. Dude, I could see this like just listening to the music. I could see this hitting like thousand cap venues eventually. Like really, man. Like, oh, I, yeah. oh yeah, thousand cap venues. Me and my acoustic guitar, dude. Honestly, I mean, think about the people who do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now, like one of my favorite bands is Shaky Graves, and he's just a fucking dude with a like, guitar. This is true. And this is true. What about Never Shout Never? Oh, that's true. I could, oh. And you're very similar to Never Shout Never. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, bald, fat, have a beard. Very classic Never Shout Never. Hey, at least you're not creepy. Oh, is that too hot? Sorry, the takes are going to get hot today. I went down a a rabbit hole on YouTube the other day and watched the whole Brian Starr's Never Shout Never debacle. I was just about to mention that. (laughs) Do you you guys all know about this? Mm Mm-hmm. So, oh, really? do you guys remember that interview with Brian Stars? I don't know, Brian. Do you want to like explain it? Yeah, yeah. So, I he interviewed uh, Never Shout Never, like and Christopher Drew and everybody from the band, like a few times. And then this one interview, like I don't know, they weren't having it because he, he asked silly questions and it wasn't. He didn't hold a great interview, but they were turned on him and just told him how shitty of a person he was. Wow, yeah, it was like that. it was like oh you're like you're just doing this for drama kind of shit. Yeah, and, and it. To be fair, soul. they were kind of pretentious and shitty. They were like, like why aren't you asking us serious questions about our music instead of like bullshit about like what's our favorite colors? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they weren't wrong, but didn't yeah, but there's it. a way to do things. Do it like that. They didn't, yeah. even have to take, they didn't have to take the interview if they didn't want to. Like. You could handle yeah. it with class or just, like, being, f- like, straightforward. But also, I'm pretty sure that Brian Starr's dude is a fucking creepo. He scares the shit out of yeah. me. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think every person you've mentioned is has been canceled at one point or another. Oh, 100%. But not Knife Throw. No. Not, not yet. Knife Throw, though. <laughs> knife Throw's gonna get canceled for fucking, like, doing a fucking people's elbow into the crowd and killing a civilian. <laughs> Just falling on someone. Yeah. Speaking of just, you know, giving people the people's elbow and stage diving and things like that, you got a little show coming up soon. We do. Well, yeah, we do because it's the first full band Knife Throat show. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just me anymore. Yeah. I think I want to get into that a little later in the episode. But I guess, Elio, we should really start with, like, how we each one of us kind of met you and the first time we met you and just, like, getting to know you. I remember getting to know you by meeting you just in my freshman dorm and being like, all right, I think we started talking about like four years strong and like we are the union and shit. And we were just like these little easy core, like scene weenies like, oh, man, you're in a band. I'm in a band. We were like fucking talking about how we're going to keep these high school bands alive and shit. And from there, we just like went hiking or something. And then we started bonding from there. I just I don't know. Planking was big at the time. So it's been a long time. Were you guys were you guys friends from like? orientation week of freshman year or it was like a later thing no it was like the first probably the first week of school yeah. um right our mutual friend lived in the same building so we ran into him yeah who is okay. al- who is also 
What are we talking about? We're talking about Bry? Yeah, I'm talking about Brian. Who is also <laughs> gonna? Uh, he is in the new lineup for uh, Knife Throat. Well, he's yeah, he right is. there. The official bass player of Knife Throat. Oh, really? Uh, he's <laughs> picking it back up. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. <laughs> was that, Ryan, was that on purpose? Like, picking it back up? Nah. <laughs> Finger picking. <laughs> you get it? I mean, it wasn't. We tried to make something out of it. Oh, <laughs> I did. Anyway, I did write a ska riff in the newest so- in one of our new songs. So yes. you know, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up. <laughs> That's so exciting. I'm ready. I, I am ready. Like I love this, but it was only two songs, so it hurt me personally. It felt like you were just teasing me and then beating me. We're, you know, Omar. Well, with ska riffs? Yeah, well, no. Omar has really talked about I, I do think that putting ska riffs in a song is a crime against humanity, but. No, I'm. No, no, I'm just kidding. I love ska. <laughs> I'm saying the fact that he just kind of like cock and ball tortured us by only giving us two, but I'm ready for more. Oh, two songs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious. Well, I'm curious to what you guys think, because those two songs were written a long, long, long time ago. So the new yeah. stuff is. The new stuff's fairly different, so well, you, I'm excited to see what people think. I mean, I really enjoyed... Um, I think the two things I was thinking about the most from those two songs... I, I love the lyrics at the start of Jawbreaker, and then mm-hmm. the other song, what was it? It was uh, Strawberry Wings? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, uh, I fucking love the, I guess, the bridge or, like, the breakdown Dude, part of that Dude, it's like a fucking, fucking journey, like, comes in. That shit is so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Elliot, yeah. You, uh, it's, like a thea- it's like a theatric piece to almost, and then when you add, like, yeah. different vocals in and the harmonies, but then the horns come in with that minor kind of, like, crash yeah. down. It's it gave like, me that very, like, oh. cinematic, almost like, it gave me that kind of like movie vibe in a way. For sure. So that's all thanks to Liz. Um, what was cool about the two songs that were on Odds and Ends was that it was recorded totally remotely. Um, that The lineup that is in those two songs has never met, or that we've met in person, but we have not been in the same room in over like two to three years. That's um, crazy. Yeah, I wrote and recorded the acoustic guitar and then the vocals uh, with my girlfriend's brother in her basement. And then um, I went out the the first, the demo or the two new So the demo was also recorded in her brother's bedroom in her basement. But the two new songs actually also for the guitars and the vocals were all in his basement, um, in his bedroom in the basement. And then what I ended up doing was I hit up my friends Joe and Liz, who are in a really, really good band called The Best of the Worst, who are based mm. out of New Jersey. And I said, hey, I got these tracks. I really want to do some like um, remote, like bomb the music industry kind of vibe thing. Can you guys play on these? So Joe covered Joe played the drums and then Liz played um, trombone and did the vocals and then i had my friend natalie who was the bass player of my old band gombo she played bass that's such a diverse yeah. like group of people it's so eclectic and like they're all from the like different spots of music um not to segue something in real quick but just you brought up on the music industry and i had to bring this back to all mark he's gonna remember this and feel bad in a second we, our high school band had a chance to play with Bond the Music Industry, and it was obviously like a pay-to-play, yeah, a pay-to-play thing where like it was like fifteen dollars a ticket, and like good luck, sixteen-year-old kids, so like two hundred years. We didn't do it because somebody's job at fucking Carvel was more important. <laughs> That's not. I was a stand-up employee. I was I was working towards employee of the month. And that, Damn you! <laughs> and that is why the man. Wait, can I, can you back up what shirt are you wearing right now? A stick to your gun shirt. 
Yeah, you should be taking that out because you're the least fucking punk rock piece of shit I know. You're like, I'm gonna work for the fucking massive corporation. Fuck this. Look at you. Listen, Carvel was the best job I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I think about how I quit that job and broke Prashant's heart. Um, <laughs> when that, that 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 was really my true destiny. I'm in art now and it's bullshit. That's I could have been an ice cream maker for the rest of my life. You know how <laughs> You know how much fun it was to, to write people's names on the cake with those, like, squirty icing things? Ah, uh, is it true artist is speaking now? <laughs> yeah, you, you're probably, probably awesome at doing that, though. That's why he made me the uh, writing guy. <laughs> I used to do drawings, and he's like, he's like, shit, you can draw? Fucking, they didn't have, like, people who <laughs> did some that. some piping. Right? It, was, it yeah. was so weird, because every time I woke up at sleepovers at your house, I woke up with your signature and, like, white frosting on my forehead. I never knew why. Yeah, right frosting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of white frosting and things like that, uh, man, the new freaking Knife Road EP has really made me cream yeah. a lot of times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Elio, uh, you said you wrote those songs a long time ago. How long ago are you talking? He showed me these. Um, oh, man. I wrote these tracks over a year and a half ago. Um, I So it's a long story. It was supposed to be on a split. Um, logistics came up, so I kind of sat on... I had these songs done and recorded last February, um, and they were kind of... sit, And I was just sitting on them until now. But it kind of works out in the long run anyway, because I put these two tracks out, and then hopefully in April, um, April or May, my new EP will be done, and that way it's like not as long as a wait. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. So, so, so you, you wrote these songs and the other EP during the pandemic? Right. Or... Yeah. Yep. All during the pandemic, I wrote. Um, I wrote most of all the knife throat stuff during the midst of the worst of the pandemic. I was. Right. Like, you know, you, I was did like... you Did you start the band then? Yeah. No. It was only. And then this is kind of. I'm only bringing this up to interrupt now because it's part of the, one of the topics we had on the list. Run a show. Notes. I kind of want Elio to take us through the history of knife throat anyway because you were not always knife throat. Like oh. back then, he was deep throat. Life is a gold mine. <laughs> Knife Throat, Knife Throat was a band name my mom came up with um, back when I was in high back when I was in high school. Oh really? Um, yeah, my mom and I were watching Dexter together, and he like stabbed <laughs> someone in the throat, and she looked at me and was like, "Huh, Knife Throat? That'd be a cool band name." That's um, sick. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny enough. Um, my one of my earlier bands called Ladder Match before we were uh, officially Ladder Match, we were going to be a hardcore band named Knife Throat. And then um, everything we wrote was super pop punk and super title fight ripoffy and lifetime ripoffy. <laughs> so we became Ladder Match. And then um, I kept the name for this, what was originally supposed to be just this acoustic project, but now we're a full band again. So it's acoustic, electric banjo all ridiculous sorts of things whatever you can get in yeah which is amazing yeah. like the more diversity you like we i'm like we're all in projects and like we all are working on something together actually but that's for down the road way down the road where it's kind of like the more eclectic and just like fun shit like mixing with genre shit the more fun it is it's just, like why hold yourself back um so yeah. i mean like that's like one of the coolest parts about like making music like for me i, I always think this because I wrote, I also like got very into like music production during the pandemic. Like, you know, I'd been doing minor music stuff just for fun. And like, obviously I was in uh, Harv's band, uh, you know, 
back in the day and stuff yeah. like that. But High school during babies. the pandemic, I was like, I want to learn Ableton and like record and like produce my own mm-hmm. shit. And, like the cool thing about like music now is that you can like I basically wrote a whole song with a bunch of different instruments just like in my bedroom. Yeah, that's true. And, like I wasn't limited so by easy. just playing guitar or yeah, that's or true. Whatever. I was struggling with like the new. Well, I'll just say it. But we're here anyway. Nobody gives a shit. Grandma's the only one watching. The new living proof demos. Anyway, uh, and we were all like kind of like messing with them and stuff. But I was finally able to like. And Ryan and I actually started working on those like five years ago now when we first started like getting jobs oh, after college. And oh, the the ideas were there, but like. We could never, like, get the full picture, and then I finally was, was like, I'm going to learn Logic, and I was able to learn, like, now we have, like, horns and an orchestra and a jazz band, like, all this weird yeah. shit. So it's just, it's, it is crazy how you can just be your own band. Like, you don't need anything anymore. So, like, did, so as Knife Road, did you, like, write, like, for example, since you're adding stuff, like, it's, I guess it's, like, a trumpet or something? Is that horn? Trombone. Tr- trombone, okay, yeah. So, like, did you, like, since it kind of, it, it's you're kind of, in a way, like, a, a like, a solo but you've got a band now but like did you write those parts through like just writing it with something like a keyboard or something or is it just so, like you sent the track and it's all been just sending the track um that was one thing where it was like i'm very open with knife throat to have whoever play on it and right. it it's not necessarily i'm okay with whoever it's just the people i've been approaching are people that i really trust and people that i've been fans of or friends of for right. a really long time Super so like cool. I've known, I've known Joe and Liz to do the drums and the um, trombone for at least ten years now, maybe twelve years, and I actually have their band uh, lyrics of their band tattooed on my ribs. Nice. Um, nice. They're one of my they're one of my favorite bands. So like, what are the lyrics? Um, let's talk about the weather, and it's got a little coffee cup that has some rain in it. Um, I love that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they're. They're blowing. They're not blowing up, but you know, Ska's got a big revival going on right now. So oh, people sure. are finally recognizing, like, oh, this Ska core band from New Jersey fucking shreds. So oh, it's yeah. cool. Um, and then Natalie, who played bass, I played in Gombo with her for four, for three or four years, and she's like an incredible songwriter in her own sense. So like, I just kind of sent them the tracks. I sent them a vibe. I was like, hey, this is kind of folk punk, but also I can't write anything but pop punk, so do what you can with it. <laughs> and they did that. And then with the full band I have now, the band I've been rehearsing with, the band that we're recording this next EP with, it's people I've been playing music with for literally ever. Yeah, that's right, like, yeah. that's actually what I kind of want to speak on next. So first of all, I lived with one of these crazy men. I uh Shared a freshman dorm on a opposite side. Did you of the live wall. with both Ryan and Elio, or no? Well, no. Mm-hmm. Well, Elio oh. and I lived in the same uh, building once, twice. Oh, okay, yeah. So we were uh, hanging pretty often, but Elio was like over our house every other day. So I lived with Brian Duran. Uh, he is the basis of the band. I remember him starting playing the bass when he in our sophomore year. He just like I walked in the fucking common room one day, and he's just like doing fucking full walks and scales, just like learning it instantly. It's crazy. So it's cool to see him back in the band. That's fucking amazing. I'm so happy to see him. But you also have two other fucking stunners. You have J.D. Roth in the band, who is one of the nicest fucking men I've ever met. Like, every show I've been to or, like, seen him at, he's just the most approachable, like, guy. And also, like, definitely the person you want to have your back in the pit. For fucking sure. And then, to round it all out, you have a friend of the show. He's going to be in a future project of the show that uh, Ryan and I have been talking about. It's something to do with photography. 
We're working the, uh, down down the line. But okay. he uh, was a feature. We've actually toured with him before, Ryan and I. He's a feature on one of our old band's albums, and uh, he's just a wonderful, talented musician, and I am so happy. I, I, like, the minute that Elia told me this lineup, I was freaking out. I was just like, I can't believe these people are doing this together. And the talent is stacked because you round it out with Frank Peter Funicello, who is also uh, Frank Peter, Peter Funicello Photography. I, well, I'll put the tag at the end of the episode. But how is it to work with, like, another writer in that sense? Oh, it rules. Um, that was like the big thing. Like with Brian and JD, I've known both of them since second grade. Well, I've known JD since kindergarten, and then Brian I met in third grade. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, I've been playing shows. I've been playing shows with JD since high school. Like uh, our bands used to play together and everything. And then um, with Brian, he was in my old band Ladder Match, and it was a really good writing um, situation, and we both liked it a lot. So now that I'm in a band that's not going to really tour. It's not. We're not going to really play too much, like a ton of shows. Um, it's a better situation for him. And then with Frank, it was just all Frank. It was easy. I live, I live forty five minutes away from him, half an hour away from him. Oh, nice. And um, I was just like, listen. I texted him like, I really like you. I think you're rad. I'm a fan of all the music you've done. Like, let's get together and write. So it's been cool. Oh, yeah. It, it's been fun for the most part because. For the songs that are coming out on this EP, I've had these songs done and written for like half a year, but like I got to have them just add their little flourishes to it, which make it sound a hundred times better. That's kind of, I think that's the best way to do it. Like most writing processes, have one to two people key write and then have like everybody yeah, add sure. in their stuff after, kind of. No. A lot of people view bands as this like, like everybody's writing at the same time, just jamming a room. I don't think I've ever met anybody who actually does that. Or like they don't no. get anything done after it. Like you can like go in with yeah. that mentality because you don't like it's your friends. You don't want to hurt them. But at the same time, it's like yeah. we're not going to get anything yeah. done if every like, time. Like, like maybe like a little brainstorming for like you like, oh, that's a sick riff. But that's about yeah, it. Yeah, like right? a, a breakdown or like maybe a solo section or something yeah. like coordinating that's on one so, thing. That's so funny because my preferred way to write is for somebody to bring something to like a rehearsal. And then we all jam on it and form yeah, the song yeah, that yeah. Way. But there's always like one person who's got oh, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the core idea for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, like a chord progression or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then, I thought you were talking like fully fleshed out. No, 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 no. But like someone, like I mean, like I mean, because like Harv is at least in my experience of being in a band with it, I'm sure it's sort of similar for you, Ryan. Like usually Harv does like sort of like the core idea. I'm pretty much a diva. It's just we know this. This we yeah. can't hide it. <laughs> No, I just get so when I, I write ideas and then I like when I start like getting like we're putting them into like process for the studio and stuff, I get so overwhelmed. So I'm like, I just need to get the and that's why I'm learning how to do stuff with like, you know, audio processing stuff and like basic like audio capture software and stuff like Logic and Ableton and stuff has helped because now it's not just me like sending part of the picture i get to send like a full idea so then everybody can like comment on like hey i don't really like like having horns right here or, like my solo would be better over here or, like we could do like a little more something here it's it's yeah. better than just like coming in half cocked but it when you just try and do that whole like free love situation you're right both smile at the word cocked <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're at this freaking podcast that is our humor fellas <laughs> yeah um speaking of uh, speaking of delicious saucy cock, uh, so yeah, Elio, you've oh been right. you've been right. It's it's the season, man. I'm on a fire. You're really just gonna come in and question things now. Uh, now it's it's the love season. Yeah, it's February. Yeah, right. Mm. Uh, and speaking of love, we have a lot of love for one of the members of Elio's new band who we were talking about. His name is Frank Funicello, and uh, we're just gonna 
see if we can reach him real quick on the phone. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is Frank. Sorry, I can't get to the phone right now. I'll leave a message and I'll get back to you. Oh, uh, he's not there. What? Wow. We were right gonna, voicemail. We were going to plug his photography and like just have uh, a band meeting. Got that one. <laughs> he saw your number pop up and was like, nope. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows what's going on right now. Anyway. So Jordan. so I, I, have, I have like two questions Wait, in my head. And, go. and one of them is like, for you, Elio, is like, I, I'm kind of curious about this because... I, I like, of course, like everybody's so fucking sick about talking about COVID and the pandemic and all of that kind of thing. But like, in a way, it's kind of like a core to your albums, right? Like some people, I feel like during that pandemic really blobbed and like couldn't do anything because they just felt so shitty and like depressed or like hopeless. But and then I feel like some like other people like sort of just like dove into creativity as just a way to like escape. So like what well, yeah what was that like for you? Um it was definitely an escape. It was definitely something to keep me occupied. Um mm -hmm. if you listen to a lot of my songs, uh there's one song on the demo from 2020 called Property Value where I literally sing about dying in my apartment. <laughs> yeah. And and rotting um and it's it's tongue in cheek because it's dying for the purpose of ruining the property value of my apartment so my landlord can't mm. rent it out as much for a higher price <laughs> right because right, it you're you you turned those apartments into one of those ones where they have to tell the next people like well like this guy died in here like <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually a, a really funny yeah good concept that's extremely, cl that's extremely clever yeah but um, i love it yeah, my my dad just wants me to write happier songs. Is what he keeps telling me. <laughs> That's real. Well, you, you know, it's you, you know, it's funny. I actually, for the pandemic, I moved into an apartment where someone had just died, and they had to tell me that as I was moving in. And I was oh, kind of like, I kind of got more excited. Told me before. <laughs> Not oh, this yeah? one. The one we had before. But uh, <laughs> but I kind of like thought it was like a bonus. I was like sick. Like someone died in my apartment. That's badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking rad, like dude. Oh my god, you're sick in the head. I was like laying on the floor, like I wonder if uh, old man Jenkins fucking lied here one day. He was, <laughs> yeah, you know, dying of old age or whatever. Yeah, spe out. speaking of dying yeah, bleeding old out. and bleeding out in your apartment and you know stuff like that. Elio, uh, we're kind of like talking about the meanings of your songs right now. For Jawbreaker and Strawberry Wings, I'm not trying to like generalize it. But could you kind of give us, like, an idea of, like, where the songs themselves came from and, like, the kind of, I guess, and you don't have to answer if it's too much, but, like, the message behind the music, kind of, and, like, the lyrics, kind of, like, what sure. where, where they came um, from? These two songs are really simple. So, originally, this little, like, I don't know if it's a single or EP, whatever you want to call it, was supposed to be a split. So, um, I wrote the songs lighthearted and just quick and about something silly. So uh, Jawbreaker is all about the medical condition called TMJ. Um, <laughs> there was a period during the pandemic, I think when I was really teaching from home very often, that um, I started getting really bad TMJ. So my jaw would click a lot and I couldn't like talk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was driving home back and forth between me and my girlfriend's house. And I was just writing this little song about who cares if you can't talk. Nobody wants to listen anyway. And. It was kind of that concept. And then Strawberry Wings is all about the video game Celeste. Um, oh, nice. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I fucking love that game. Fucking yeah. tearjerker of a game, man. And it breaks you yeah. mentally and your hands physically for sure. Yeah, that was a huge pandemic 
game for me um, for the first I think like for me as well actually <laughs> yeah so that's what I wrote about um, I wrote about the game I wrote about my experience with the game and I know there's a very very um, specific message that the creator of the game had um, especially with her journey into transitioning which was like a big thing but for me I kind of interpreted it as just like accepting the different parts of who you are and learning to love yeah. those parts even if they're ugly and I thought it was a lot and then you know I the big theatrical thing for me is that, or theatrical, uh, whatever you want to call it, thing is that the song has a certain tone and a certain vibe the entire way through until the end, and that kind of signifies like, oh, Celeste has accepted her second part, so this is what's right. going to happen. So, That's you know. very cool. I never even thought about it like that. That's so sick. I, I really like that song, yeah. especially yeah, as it goes towards the end. It's like, yes. Super artsy explanations for my simple pop songs. No, but yeah. I it, it, it's so funny how like you can inter- like I, it, like you explaining the the your meaning behind the song is so funny. And maybe it was partially intentional, but like when I was listening to Jawbreaker, I was thinking like, oh, like I get, I totally get this because like it's like I always have these moments where like I want to say something about I don't know whatever, but I feel I thought it was about like feeling too anxious to speak up or like. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that it's it's kind of about i mean i guess in some ways it's about that but like from your perspective it's it was literally that you didn't talk (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it definitely has that that aspect into it also where it's like it's got that idea of oh you want to say something oh you should say something but who cares because nobody's going to listen to it anyway so it's like you get that little anxiety of like should i say something should i not say something if i do say something is anyone going to actually care and you know going from there this yeah, like, yeah, that that's like a hundred. That because that's how I was like. I was like, oh yeah, like I can like totally relate to this. Like any moment in my life where I've like, either I kept thinking about like moments where I like didn't speak up in a in a way that I felt like I was like uh, like if someone was being bullied or something and I didn't speak up. That's how, for for some reason yeah. that's how I took it. Like I was mm. like, fuck, like why didn't I speak up in that moment? Kind of yeah. thing. Like and like the anxiety of not being able to do that. Yeah. Oh, so. when uh, not only with these two songs, but when you're writing in general, does concept of the song come to you first or does like a line come to you in your head and then you build off that? Um, I'm kind of both, honestly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big proprietor of having a random line pop in my brain um, and then I write it in my notes app and then I figure something out about that. And if I really like it, it goes from there. Other times like a concept will pop in my brain and I'll want to write about that and I'll want to write about the concept and then... Other times, like, a riff will just happen. Like, I'll, I'll write a riff on my guitar, and I'll try to base something all, around, all along that. Yeah. How many uh, How many unused notes do you have in your notes app? I was waiting oh, for yeah. it. <laughs> I, we, were just, we were just talking about this at band practice. Uh, combination of unused notes and then unused phone demos recorded oh. on my phone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I have so many. pages of phone demos, like 30-second clips. Yeah. Yep. Untitled I, voice demos. Oh. Yeah, I I occasionally go through and put an asterisk next to the things I want to come back to eventually, mm-hmm. and then I never do. But, but like yep. I I don't know. Like for me, that's like that's really like how you come up with good shit, though, right? Like just making a bunch of like yeah. Sometimes I was like, you just need to get those ideas out just to see if like there's something that will stick, right? Yeah, I mean, trust me, I get a lot of ideas. Not a lot of them are good, so I have to like exactly. get them out there. The worst is ideas you like. The, uh, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I think that's the uh, you know, what every artist or musician goes through. You have an influx of ideas and like 
very small percentage actually make it through. Yeah, the, the worst ideas you like get attached to for a really long time, like, and you know from the beginning they're not really salvageable. But you're like, man, I could really bring this back from the depths, or like reuse it. Sometimes you can, but like, there's just this time where you're beating a dead horse, and then you're like, just. I can I can relate a lot that in art, uh, in like uh, the game industry and concept art, we call it polishing a turd. <laughs> where it's like you should have gave up on that idea long ago because like, you're right now you're just trying to like make this work even though. Deep down, you know, it's just like kind of shitty and like not really going to end up good. Anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You got to know when to kill your darlings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, things that aren't, you know, they're just clean polished and they're not even close to turds. Our friend Elio is playing a show at a venue with, a, I would say, a pretty famous toilet. What? It's a pretty nasty bathroom. Yeah, it's, it's it's very well known to be nasty. A lot of bands put stickers on the uh, inside of the bowl of the toilet seat. Oh, God. What the Wait, fuck? is this where I think it is? Yeah, yeah. Ryan, you have played on the stage yourself. Amityville? This is Amityville Music Hall. They're back. And now they're playing with Knife Throat. Knife Throat is playing there. Uh, Elio, would you like to fill in, everybody? I'm going to leave the flyer up so everybody can read. Yeah, all oh, the flyers so small. Um... So I know we're playing with Quitters Inc., mm-hmm. um, who, who is my friend Alex. It's actually his going away party. Um, I've been playing in bands with Alex for like probably five or six years. Um, my old, old band, The Longest Monday, used to play with his bands in Queens. And then Ladder Match played with a lot of his bands. And Gombo played with a lot of his bands, and mainly one band. But this is a new project where he kind of like wrote and did all the songs himself. And he's having people kind of fill in on the parts, similar to Knife Throat. Um, so he's having a little bit of a going away party because he's going to North Carolina. There's a comedian who is opening. I know that, um, serving our troops. And then there's pin cushion who's playing and buckshot brandy. I think is the last band, which is, I think it's so interesting when they put comedians on like a band tour. Yes. Who's the comedian? Is it like a local hero? Gabe and comedy by Gabe Malika. Yeah, I've never heard of him. He's he's brand new to me, so it, we're gonna be it's gonna be a new experience for everybody. Yeah, it would be really funny if it was like just the opposite vibe of what the bands are like, <laughs> some like alt right comedy or something. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's very cool to see AMH back open after everything with the pandemic. Um, everybody, remember you do need proof of your vaccination. Uh, but yeah, go show up. Uh, Elio, do you have any merch CDs? You guys selling anything at show? Any physical goods? No, I, we have nothing. Um, I have some zines. I made a couple zines during the pandemic um, nice. that I typed up all the poetry and all the song lyrics, and I put some explanations of the lyrics. We took some recipes from Brian, who plays bass in the band, and then um, my girlfriend Jenna did all the artwork for the zines, and we put it all together. And, you know, we're, we make some physical copies to hand out just so people don't forget who we are. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Uh, everybody, so everybody attending the show on February 27th at 6 p.m., be sure to stop by. Look for Elio. He'll hand out some zines. Hey, I'll be there as well. Maybe I'll help him hand out some zines. And we're definitely going to interview the rest of the band while we're there, film a little vlog, so be sure to check out that. Uh, another important thing before you go to the show, learn the freaking songs. So make sure you check out the newest album, EP by Knife Throat, Odds and Ends, Elio, where can people find odds and ends? And also, where can they follow you? Um, you know, anywhere you find music, Apple Music, Spotify, um, Napster, I think is a thing now. Uh, but then <laughs> I think Napster's a thing now. Um, <laughs> Wait, it's like but, back? Um, 
I think it's back. I think Napster. Metallica. Don't tell Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, it's knifethroat.bandcamp.com. That's where if you want to throw some money or download the tracks, you can do that. Don't give me money. It's not a big deal. And then also um, Twitter. (laughs) Uh, Twitter is Knifethroat New York. You can find me on Twitter. Okay. And uh, yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, because I just posted the other day that, you know, man, there's a deal going on with Bandcamp right now. No, it's over. That was Bandcamp Friday. Oh, now is that every Friday or is that once a month? I think it's like once every two months. Hmm. All right. Well, then th- this is probably an appropriate time. It's not that we make a ton of money here on Kicking Teeth, but we believe in our friends and the people that we support. So for this month, you know, we didn't really have anybody listed for Saucy Season that we were donating to. But for this month, 20% of our Patreon proceeds are going to the Knife Throat Bandcamp. It's gonna yeah, be like yeah. twenty five fucking cents. So what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be robbing my grandma of her last fucking. Pension. I swear, in like five years, we'll be donating you like a thousand dollars. I'll take tw- I'll take twenty five cents. Yeah, and speaking of the twenty five cents, it is coming from our lucky contestant and our number one follower, our number one patron, the man with the plan, Max Steele himself. No, this guy really likes Max Steele like way too much. It's like stop, you know, uh, our boy. Shane Thomas Unwin. Who in the book? We love Shane. Shane, thank you for donating. Our number one saucy mommy or spicy mommy. Oh, you, maybe you've been hitting too much of the sauce tonight because you're already slipping up. Ah. Uh, yeah, no, but speaking of the saucy season, uh, we could not be here without our patron, number one Shane. Shane, yeah, and- Shane is a volunteer fireman, actually, and he saved three kittens last week. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I believe that Shane also is swimming the English Channel with. Just his big toe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that, too. Uh, Elio, do you have anything uh, to say about the King Shane himself? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I heard Shane stopped COVID. That's what he did. (laughs) In its tracks. (laughs) Literally just from having, like, an eight-pack and being better looking than the Imagine Dragons guy because I know... His partner um, very much loves that man. But Shane, you can take him any day of the week. (laughs) So thanks to Shane for uh, basically saving the world. Yeah, and saving this podcast and saving our lives and honestly, like, motivating us and helping us just feel encouraged to do this every week. And a big thanks to our special guest for the end of Saucy Season. We have one more episode coming up with him. And it's uh, themed just uh, to torture us. And the person that came up with the theme is our good ride dog, DeMarco. So we'll punish him in hell. I'm dragging him back into the flames. Elio, thank you for being here. We can't wait to see you next episode. Spicy Mommies, we love you. Let's get saucy for this last episode. Woo! I pop my jaw straight up off the of hip. I taste blood. I broke my jaw to hide my words. Swallow every vile thing I wanted you to hear. Maybe it's better that I can't say a word. Maybe it's better if I keep this to myself. Maybe it's better if I don't sing this song. Maybe it's better, but hey, maybe not. Don't say anything. Process a method to the madness, hidden meaning deep within the silence.
like it better.